Take your Bible, please, this morning. Turn to Matthew chapter 10. I want to return to Matthew chapter 10 this morning. Uh, recall here we're working our way through Matthew's gospel. Uh, we've, we've seen much about Christ. We've seen much about uh, his future millennial kingdom. Uh, and we're looking here this morning, uh, the balance of chapter 10, uh, we've called this here the, the program of the king. We have a, a king, of course, Brother Richard, we, we, we hope this morning that Christ is king of our lives. Is Christ king of your life this morning? Is he your Lord? Uh, hopefully he's your savior if you've placed your faith in him, having repented of sin, uh, he's your savior. But if you made him as your Lord, and that can be a, a process at times, it seems. Lord, help us to be yielded to you and make you truly uh, Lord of our lives. Of course, he is Lord. He is Lord. Uh, we started looking last week here in, in chapter 10 at Christ sending out the 12. Uh, he sent out 12 to go uh, at this point in time to reach uh, Jewish uh, people um, uh, specifically at, at that time. Zach, I said to someone this week, if you only had that portion of scripture, you'd think the Lord's only interest was in reaching Jewish people. Well, that's, that's not the case, but uh, he had a point in time where he was interested in there being a focus on reaching uh, his people, the Jewish people. And we, we made the, the, the point that this uh, passage uh, certainly was uh, a part of history. It, it happened, Christ did send the 12 out, uh, to reach Jewish people uh, during his earthly ministry. Uh, we understand that we can apply this passage to our lives and to our outreach today. And we've done that last week. We'll continue to do that this week. We also understand, Rich, this passage does seem to look ahead to the future tribulation period. Uh, and the fact that many will be sent out, we know there'll be 144,000 sent out by the Lord to, uh, to evangelize. Uh, and that some of the difficulties that are alluded to here are probably fulfilled most literally uh, during the tribulation period. So we take care to understand uh, the passage uh, does seem to look ahead to uh, the tribulation period and the outreach that will happen then. Maryland, many Jewish people will be saved then, right? We, we praise God for that. Uh, Brother Ray, you praise God for that too. I, I know you do. And yet this morning, we know again that this passage has principles that we can and should uh, apply in our own outreach. And you know, as we talk and pray about um, a special week where we, we go and try to get more folks involved and, and reach more people, uh, we want to be sure that we're getting these principles down because, you know, if you're going to go, you're going you're gonna to want to go in the power of Christ and trusting in the, his provision as he's promised here, both spiritually uh, and, and physically, practically, and, and, uh, and say, well, you know what, if, if, uh, chapter, if Matthew chapter 10 is true, uh, and Lord has made promises of, of meeting my needs so that I can go, no matter who I am, uh, maybe I can go. Maybe I can go. Uh, does God make it possible? Well, let me back up and ask this question. Um, is Matthew chapter 10 the word of God? Is it the word of God? Is it true? Is it for us? Well, yeah, Pastor, you said it looks ahead to the, the tribulation. Yes, it does, but uh, it was for the men who were literally sent out during Christ's ministry, and it's for us as well. And we look back at the Old Testament, and we say, well, we're not living in those days, 
but we take care to study through it because there's principles that are for us today, amen? Uh, that's why we, we typically spend Wednesday nights looking at Old Testament passages because uh, we want to be a church of the whole counsel of God and understand how all of Scripture can be applied and should be applied uh, to our lives today. And so, uh, yeah, this is Scripture. This is New Testament. Uh, it's for New Testament church members living in this church age and uh, people who have been called, which is all of us, to go and share the gospel and reach people. Uh, there's people out there lost and dying and going to hell every day, and we're the ones who are called to reach these people. So if we believe that Matthew chapter 10 uh, is the word of God and that it's for us and it, it, it has what we have, uh, what we need uh, to go out uh, as a church and, and reach people, let's, let's take care that we don't just say that, but we take it up and say, Lord, apply this to my heart. Equip me through these, your words, to go uh, when it's time to go. And we praise God that he has equipped us. He, he has equipped us with all that we need. We left off uh, last week uh, here. Um, we left off here last week, uh, right around verse 26. So I want to pick it up there uh, this morning. Uh, we're in Matthew chapter 10. Uh, we'll pick it up in, in verse 26. We've seen Christ send 12. We've seen him command them to trust in him for their spiritual needs uh, and their practical needs. Uh, we saw him warn them of danger and send them anyway. And we revisited that topic this morning in, in the book of Acts. And uh, we saw the Lord encourage these 12 uh, to endure, to keep going on uh, in, the, in the face of persecution. Zach, if you get cussed at or bit by a dog or whatever it is, you, sunburned, you just keep going on, right? You don't stop because the Lord doesn't want us to stop. And uh, here this morning, we'll, as I've said, we'll, we'll pick it up in verse 26. I want you to see this. I'm going to call it number four because it's fourth on a list that we began last week. Uh, number four this morning, Christ commanded them to go fearing God rather than man. Uh, let me say it again, please. He commanded them to go, and by application, he commands us to go as well, uh, fearing God uh, rather than man. Listen, I, I think I mentioned last week, I forget what service, somehow the thought crept back into my mind. Uh, maybe, it was, maybe it was as we looked at, at uh, David and Saul uh, on Wednesday night. Uh, if we're not careful, we live our life caring more about what people think of us than what God thinks. Isn't that true? Isn't that true? Zach, you said right. It's true, right? It's very easy to go through life caring a whole, not just a little bit more, but a whole lot more, uh, caring what people think about us than what God thinks about us. Uh, Lord, help us. Uh, Lord, help us to care more about what you think than anything. Uh, Lord, help us to care more about your pleasure than anyone else's pleasure. Uh, I understand that uh, spouses and families are, are to have a great priority in our lives, and uh, we should care about what people think and how spouses are doing and, uh, and, and neighbors and, and all that, but Christ is number one, right? He's, he's, he's to have the preeminence, and uh, that includes the idea, I've, I believe we could say, we could argue that, uh, what he cares, uh, 
uh, what he thinks, what his priorities for our life are, should, should matter to us uh, more than anything else. So we do see Christ here anticipating this concern. Hey, these, these men might be at risk of going out and, 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 or maybe not going or not doing what he's called them to do, or not saying what he's called them to say, not preaching what he's called them to preach, because they're going to be afraid about what people think. Uh, and don't you know today, don't, I mean, we, we know uh, if, if, you've, if you've not settled into the habit of going out and sharing the gospel, uh, one of the reasons might be you're, you're concerned about what other people will think. What will people think if I do that? They'll think I'm one of those crazy Baptists. Hey, I'm one of those crazy Baptists, amen? Are you? Is that who you are? Not crazy. I don't mean to be disrespectful, but you know, that's, the, that's the concern, right? What do people think if I go to church three times on Sunday and once on Wednesday? They'll think I'm some kind of wacko. No, you're not some kind of a wacko. You're, you're a Christian person who's deeply interested in the Lord and his people and the things of God. Amen? Say, say amen, please. Uh, we allow uh, concern about what people think to get in the way of our right focus, which is on what has God said? What does he think? Uh, Lord, help us to, yes, be concerned about how other people view us, but not to the exclusion of what you want and what your concern is. Uh, Jesus says in verse 26, fear them not, therefore. He's, he says, that, remember, in context, he's talking about people who would persecute them and, and treat them very badly. But he says, fear them not, verse 26, therefore, for there's nothing covered that shall not be revealed and hid uh, that shall not be known. He said, listen, nobody's going to do anything to you that's not ultimately going to be revealed. Uh, if, if it's a lost person, someone who never gets saved, that'll be, that'll be revealed at the great white throne judgment, and that person will suffer uh, for that. If that person is a saved person who, who, who persecuted you, bothered you, that's going to be addressed at the judgment seat of Christ as well. He says, don't you worry uh, about what people may say or think or do. It, the Lord knows and he will deal with them ultimately in the end as either lost people or saved people, uh, depending, depending on, on who they are and, and where they end. Uh, anything that is done to you as you go fearing God, obeying him, uh, the, Lord, the Lord will bless you for that. Uh, and he'll deal with people as he needs to. Uh, and so he says in verse 27, uh, what I tell you in darkness... What, what I tell you secretly, he says to, uh, to the 12, what I'm telling you, what I'm sharing with you now, what I've shared with you before, the gospel that you've received, and all the things that I've taught you, he says, what I tell you in darkness, that speak in light. Go out and share these things. Make them heard. Make them known. He says, and what ye hear in the ear, that ye preach where? What does he say? What does he say? End of verse 27. Upon the what? Housetops. He's, get out there. Does he literally mean that? <laughs> I, read, I read a commentary. A man says, well, I think the Lord literally means that, and that hasn't happened yet, so this must be future. I don't think, I don't think that. Maybe it is, but uh, I think the Lord is just saying, you get out there, and, and you, you take what I have taught you, and as you go, you go out there, shout it from the housetops. Don't you be afraid. Don't cower in a corner behind a bush somewhere and kind of whisper out to people, hey, do you know for 
sure if you're going to heaven? And then scurry away in case they actually respond. And the Lord says, no, you stop fearing men. Fear me. I'm God. I've called you uh, to fear me and to obey me uh, and, and to go and share uh, what I have told you. to Go and shout it from the housetops. Don't go fearfully. Uh, go courageously with courage from the Lord and share Listen, if someone doesn't hear the gospel, what's going to happen, church? What's going to happen? They're going to go to hell. I understand that you can't cause someone to be saved, but uh, we, we saw this morning. How did Lydia get saved? How did Lydia get saved this morning? Is that how she gets saved? Uh, some men went and they preached the gospel. That's all they could do, right? All they could do was follow the Lord's leading uh, to go, uh, not preaching through Asia, but traveling across Asia, right, to across the Aegean, to, to Macedonia, uh, to the area of Philippi. All, all they could do is, is follow the Lord's leading and go and share the gospel, preach the gospel, uh, make the gospel known where the Lord led them to. It was the Lord that had to open her heart, right? And he did, and she was saved. She was baptized, and, and she shared the gospel, and there, her family was saved and, and baptized. The Lord said, listen, this is not a secret. <laughs> this is, it was, there was something mysterious about it biblically, theologically, you know, but not now. It's, it's a mystery revealed. The gospel is a mystery revealed. No longer a secret that Gentiles are grafted in and, uh, and called to be saved and called to share the gospel. He says, church, <laughs> 12 uh, Long Hill Baptist Church, you need to go uh, fearing God, trusting him to meet your needs, all of them. Go fearing him and preach, shout it uh, from, the, from the housetops. But I'm afraid. But I'm afraid to do that. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but um, would you admit to the Lord this morning if you've been afraid to do that? Would you, would you admit that to the Lord if you've been afraid to do that? Lord, I've been afraid to go. <laughs> I've been afraid this will happen or that will happen. Uh, I, I'm afraid. I'm afraid I'll be embarrassed. I'm afraid I won't know what to say. We talked about that last week. God's answer again is trust him to meet your needs, to know what to say. He's given the words. Trust the leading of the Holy Spirit. Trust the Lord to meet your spiritual needs. Strength and power in, in leading all the things we saw last week. Trust him to meet your physical needs as you go. We talked about that last week. We saw that last week. Uh, and again, in verse 28, the Lord's answer to the fears that we have, I've already said it many times this morning. Verse 28, fear not who? What does it say? What's the next word? Them. Fear not them. Don't fear people. Don't go, don't go being afraid that, you know, that person that you offer a gospel to, you could bite off your hand. Dog might try to, but person probably won't. Brother Garcia, you charged right up a driveway yesterday. I saw you. The man didn't harm you, did he? I stayed at the end of the driveway. I was afraid. Sister, I watched your husband make sure he was okay. I just prayed. I, I, I figured I might have to defend him, but I Fear not them which kill the body. Don't fear people. Yeah, someone could harm you. The Lord's warned us about that. We saw that in the tribulation, no doubt. Many who go forth sharing the gospel uh, will be arrested and persecuted, and, and many will die in the tribulation. We understand that. That is God's last-ditch program to reach people who could not have been reached otherwise. 
but today, uh, this is for us as well. Fear not them which kill the body, or could, uh, but are not able to kill the soul. You know, someone could, someone could hurt you if you go forward sharing the gospel. Uh, but, you know, if they kill you, what's the worst thing, Zach? Someone kills you, what's the worst thing that could happen? You're home with the Lord. Right? That's the worst thing that could happen. You know, some of us said that regarding COVID over the last year or year and a half. The worst thing that could happen is die from COVID. You're home with the Lord. That's the worst thing that could happen. I know we shouldn't joke about that. I don't intend for that to be a joke. I intend that to be the truth. You know, if something happens in the course of serving the Lord, uh, we talked last week about missionaries will sometimes go in faith and in perfect obedience or near perfect obedience, and the Lord allows them to die. Well, he, he does for his purposes uh, at times. We're, we're, we've seen this morning in Acts uh, chapter 16, Paul and Silas and, and Luke and company, they're, they're out sharing the gospel, and uh, people are getting saved. They cast out a demon, and next thing you know, they're arrested and they're in prison. <laughs> it doesn't seem right. But God had a purpose, right? And it was to reach the jailer, the warden, uh, and his family so the church could be planted there, there in Philippi. God has purposes. Uh, don't go fearing men. Yes, something could happen, but God has his purposes. Uh, fear not them which kill the body but are not able to kill the soul, but rather fear him which is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. That's God. There's no one else, right? There's, there's no one else. Uh, write down some cross-references, please, some good verses to study. If you... If you struggle with a fear of man, if you struggle with uh, a, a, a deep concern for what people think constantly, and you know what I mean, we've probably all been there at different points in life, and maybe, maybe this is where you're at today. Your, your greatest concern is what, what, what will people think? Uh, uh, you you kind of live your life trying to manage how people look at you, how they perceive you, uh, that seems to be your greatest care or uh, one of the greatest cares or concerns in your life. What will people think if I do this? What will people think if I say the wrong? If, if that's your concern, uh, some cross-references. Proverbs 23 and verse 17. Be thou in the fear of the Lord all day long. You know, trust him to meet his promises to you uh, and fear him enough to go in obedience despite the fear that we may have of others. I'll write down this reference, please. Proverbs 15 and verse 16. Better is a little with fear of the Lord than great treasure and trouble. There, over and over and over again, the Lord says, listen, don't fear people, fear me. Uh, fear me enough to obey me uh, and, and, and go in obedience, trusting me to meet your needs along the way. Uh, you're familiar with Proverbs, uh, nope, Psalm 111 and verse 10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of what? Wisdom. Uh, how, how can I have greater wisdom? How can I have greater godly wisdom? Well, Lord, help me to fear you. Help me to get into your word and, just, and, and uh, to get biblical, godly biblical wisdom into my mind. You fill your mind up with biblical wisdom, you'll, you'll find yourself thinking more wisely and making wiser decisions and acting more wisely. But that begins uh, with a good, godly, biblical fear of the Lord. Uh, Psalm 112 and verse 11, this is the last one we'll look at here. Praise ye the Lord. That's hallelujah in the Hebrew, right? Blessed is the man that feareth the Lord, that delighteth greatly in his commandments. You see that. Uh, you see that. The Bible associates fearing God with obeying him. We saw that right there. It's Psalm 112 uh, in, in verse 1. Praise ye the Lord. Blessed is the man that feareth the Lord, that delighteth greatly in his commandments. Lord, help me to fear you and to obey you. I know he loves us. 
Yep, but we're still called to fear him. He's merciful. Yep, I understand that. We're still called to fear him. A biblical fear of God uh, encourages a wonderful obedience um, and crowds out fear of men. Uh, I love that so much about developing a, a right, proper fear of the Lord. If, if you'll cultivate a, a good biblical fear of God, it does crowd out a fear of other things. Uh, if, if you'll cultivate a love of the Lord, uh, if you'll say, Lord, help me to love you, uh, my, yeah, my spouse, but Lord, you more than anything. Help, help me to, to just develop a great love for you. That, that crowds out a love of the world. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. Lord, help me to fear you, have a right fear of you. God, help me to love you, have a right love for you. And Lord, help both of those things to lead to a desire to, to obey you, uh, to obey you. I love the next several verses here, verse 29, 30, 31. Uh, the Bible says here, are not two sparrows sold for a farthing, uh, a little bit of money? And one of them shall not fall on the ground without your father. Uh, nothing that happens to any little bird out there is unknown to God. God knows every little thing that happens uh, in his animal kingdom. He says in verse 30, but, Jesus says, but the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Isn't that interesting? Uh, verse 31, fear ye not, therefore, ye are of more value uh, than many sparrows. Uh, <laughs> It's, it's wonderful here. Uh, Jesus is, is teaching, listen, uh, yep, fear God, not men. But understand that as you develop a, a good godly fear of the Lord, you, you're developing a fear of, of the one uh, who cares deeply for you. Uh, it's, it's not we're to be afraid of him like he's going to hurt us. It's not like that, right? Uh, it, it's a fear of God like he's got it and I'm not. Uh, it's a fear that, that compels our obedience, not of one who's out to get us, but one who cares greatly for us. And Jesus is trying to illustrate this thought here. The Lord cares for wildlife and his creation. Uh, he values the sparrows, the birds, enough to keep track of their every moment. Uh, how much more must he care for us? Um, is there any other... Uh, life in his creation that's made in his image? Uh, people are the only thing made in his image, amen? We're, we're the only one. How much more does he care uh, for us? And I praise God for that this morning. Lord, the Lord is aware of every little thing in his creation, every little thing that happens, and yet he's aware of every little hair in my head also. That's the God who we're called to fear, not one who's out to get us cowering, that we would cower in a corner afraid of him, but, but a God who loves us and cares for us and knows everything about us and provides everything that we need so that we can be obedient to him, uh, which obedience, obedience includes going out and sharing the gospel, trusting he, he's a God that cares that much for us and about us. Uh, he'll meet our needs. Uh, do you trust God to meet each of your needs? Do you? Do you? I think we, most of the time we do, right? But sometimes it's hard, right? Maryland sometimes is a little more challenging, right? Marilyn has great stories, of course. We've mentioned them over the years about God meeting her needs, and God's used each of those different uh, experiences to teach you. Yeah, sure enough, I can trust God to meet my needs. 
And uh, no doubt you have your own experiences where you didn't know how some need was going to be met, but you prayed, and, and sure enough, God, met. has he proven himself to be trustworthy? He has he? Has he proven himself to be trustworthy? Sure he has. Uh, sure he has. And, and, and I think this is Jesus' ultimate point here. He sends these 12 out and says, listen, uh, there's going to be difficulties, but I'm going to meet your physical needs and your spiritual needs. And, and yes, there's going to potentially be great difficulties, but go knowing that your heavenly Father uh, has not just made promises to you. He genuinely cares deeply for you. And Marilyn, that, that points to the fact that he's trustworthy. A God that cares for us that genuinely and that deeply uh, is a God that we can trust to meet his promises. And praise God for that. You know, I, I could go out and share the gospel. Uh, we could go out as a church and sing and offer scripture. And even if you could just sit in a chair and sing and offer scripture, you can trust God uh, to answer your fears. God, help me to go trusting you, not, not, this, not serving this fear more than serving you. God, God just help me to go trusting you uh, to answer every need that I have, including uh, my fears. Look at verse 32, please. Jesus commanded them to go, um, trusting him, trusting him, but he also commands them to go um, understanding that if they will go doing as he's called them to do, uh, there'll be a reward. Uh, he'll bless them. There'll be a reward for their obedience. Uh, similarly, there'll be a loss of reward for disobedience. That makes sense. Look at verse 32. He says, whosoever therefore shall confess me before men... Uh, whosoever will go forth as I've called you to, uh, confessing me before others, telling others about your walk with me and telling others how they can uh, know the same walk with me. He says, him will I also, him will I confess also before my Father which is in heaven. Now, Marilyn, I don't, that can't mean that if we're not obedient to go and tell others about Christ, that we're gonna lose our salvation. It can't mean that, right? Because we know that we're saved by grace through faith. We know that we're not saved by works, right? So I, I think the, the language here is, is perhaps a little bit poetic. We understand Christ used, he used poetic language. Uh, whosoever, so how do I understand this? Well, he seems to be saying, hey, if, if you'll be obedient, you 12 will be obedient to go uh, trusting me uh, for all of your needs. And, and, and listen, one thing that will aid your trust is how much God cares for you, more than the sparrows, certainly. Uh, you're made in the image of God. They are not. He knows everything about them. He knows everything about you. He knows your needs. He's faithful to meet your needs. Uh, you can trust him to meet your needs, but if you'll go trusting him, relying upon him to meet your needs, there's a blessing. Uh, there's a blessing. Uh, he says, him will I confess before my Father which is in heaven. I, I think that it alludes so, somewhat poetically uh, to blessings for obedience. Blessings uh, for obedience. There's a but in verse 33. Don't miss this, please. There's a but here. He says, but whosoever shall deny me before men, him will I also deny before my Father which is in heaven. Again, that can't mean that you lose your salvation. Uh, but I, I think it can and, and certainly does picture a loss of blessing. You know what? There's different ways of, of denying Christ. You know, someone, someone could say, hey, are you a Christian? Are you a Christian? What would you say? Yes. Are you, what does that mean? You go to church? Yes. Like 19 times a week? Yes. Four. Uh, 
You serve, yes. You give, yes. You read your Bible, yes. You pray, yes. You, uh, you are these people that says Christ is the only way, yes. Amen? Yes. People ask questions. That's, that's, for, to say no would be to deny him. But in context here, in the context of Christ calling, by the way, how bad is it to deny Christ? How bad would that, I mean, can you even imagine? Could you imagine, I mean, in, in God's eyes, how, how bad is it to deny Christ? How bad is that? I don't know if there could be anything worse. In the context where these verses are found, I think we have to at least consider the possibility that Jesus is saying, hey, listen, if you're not going to be obedient to go and tell people the gospel that you've received, you're in a sense, in sense, in a sense denying me. You're denying the fact that I've sent you to go you're denying my authoritative call upon you as a saved person to go and share the gospel. You are, that would be disobedience, but in the Lord's eyes, that is a form of denying him. In this context, that really, the context really does demand that. Lord, help us. We're pretty sure that we would never deny you if someone asked us face to face, point blank, are you a Christian? Do you believe that Jesus Christ is the only way to be saved? And, and, and yeah, if someone asks me explicitly, point blank, I'm going to tell them, no doubt about it. Oh, what, what, if, what if someone was threatening you with death, like some of the missionaries have suffered uh, at the hands of, of, of different persecutors around the world, even, even recently. I hope I, my answers will be the same, amen? Yes, I'm a Christian. Yes, I believe that Jesus is the only way. If you'll put your faith in him even now, you can be saved and, and, and know eternal life. But yes, but I believe in context here, Jesus is saying, listen, if you don't go, you're denying me, my authority, and, and my message. Boy, Lord, help us. Lord, help us. Lord, help us to go. Go. Jesus reiterates, go expecting conflict. Go expecting conflict. Look at verse 34. Think not that I have come to send peace on earth. Uh, the tribulation period will certainly not be a time of peace. And this time is certainly not a time of peace either. Uh, we see great conflict around the world. Uh, thankfully, uh, we've prayed and the Lord has established or restored a degree of order and peace in Israel and Jerusalem. Uh, at least for now. We know there'll be more conflict there until the Lord returns, uh, but at least for now. He says, think not that I've come to send peace. I came not to send peace, but a sword, uh, for I am come to set a man at variance against his father and the daughter against her mother uh, and the daughter-in-law against the mother-in-law and a man's foes uh, shall be they of his own household. Now, again, I think this is most literally um, true in the tribulation, but let's be honest, this is true today also. This is true today also. Uh, we know that so often when people get saved, uh, that can create conflict in, in a family. Uh, in, the, in the immediate home, you know, if one spouse gets saved and the other is not saved, we understand, Jesus understands that. By the way, just stop for, and, and think for a moment. Isn't it good to know that the Lord understands that? The Lord understands that one person in the home, one spouse gets saved and the other's not. The Lord understands that that's a difficult situation. We see that here. He knows that. He knows that. 
That's good. That's good. He understands that. Um, the Lord understands that as people get saved, um, they're at peace with God the Father, but that does often create conflict with lost people in families, uh, between spouses, between spouses and their children, between children and their parents. Uh, he understands that. It'll be very much true during the tribulation period, and, and sadly, it is true today also. Uh, and yet, we need to be saved. We need to be saved. Praise God, Zach, we saw this morning Lydia's family got saved and, and, and baptized. That's not always the case. We know the jailer's family got saved and, and baptized. That's not always the case. If some of them refused the Lord, there no doubt would have been conflict, uh, some, some degree of conflict in those homes. Um, Jesus says, listen, you, you need to go and, and, and you need to share the gospel with people expecting that sometimes when people get saved, it's going to create conflict. It's going to create conflict. Let me ask you this question. Uh, what's, what's worse? What's worse? Someone getting saved and experience conflict with a lost family member or someone staying lost uh, and experiencing an eternity in hell? What's worse, church? What's worse? The latter is far worse. Amen. So, uh, I think the Lord here is saying, "Listen, don't don't let any don't let any concern prevent you from going. Don't make excuses. Don't don't let anything be an excuse. Don't oh oh if that person gets saved, it'll, it'll create conflict. If I go and preach the gospel, it's, it's going to cause conflict. Yes, it is." Lord said, there's going to be persecution, there's going to be conflict. Go anyway. People need to be saved. Persecution is temporary. Conflict in a home, uh, in a family, is temporary. Uh, and by the way, if everybody ultimately gets saved, it's very temporary. Just go. Don't make excuses. Uh, instead of making excuses, just go giving yourself completely to the Lord uh, in his service because nothing else makes sense. This is what Jesus says in verse 38. He says, he that taketh not his cross, he that taketh not his cross and followeth after me is what? Boy, this is a hard sentence. What, what are the last four or five words of verse 38? It's not worthy of me. Boy. Jesus says, if, if, if you refuse to go confessing me, if you, go, if you refuse to go, you're essentially denying me. And he says, if you refuse to go, taking up your cross, what does that mean? Uh, the cross was the typical way of execution, Roman execution, right? We understand Jesus was executed and his death was unique and that he is God the Son and... Um, died for all people. It's unique that way, but the manner of execution was very typical. Uh, he says, he that taketh not his cross, those who refuse to go uh, denying him, that would be denying him. Those who refuse to go giving themselves completely to the Lord, no matter what the consequence, no matter what the outcome is, following after him, he says, that person is not worthy of me. Boy, I don't know about you, but that's a convicting sentence. Uh, someone say, I'm not worthy of the Lord at all. Understand that. I'm not either. I'm not worthy of salvation. Amen? Marilyn, we, we know that. We are not worthy of salvation. We are saved anyway but because of Christ. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you. I, I'm not worthy. This is a very hard verse here. 
He that taketh not his cross. He that would not be willing to go, that'd be denying him, but not be willing to go no matter what the consequence. Giving ourselves as completely to Christ for his purposes. Giving ourselves as completely for him as he gave himself on the cross for us. He says, you know what? You're not worthy of me if you're not willing to give yourself for me. That is a very difficult, very challenging, very convicting verse. And yet, I find it in my Bible. And I have to preach it. Um, Lord, help me to yield myself completely to you. Lord, help me to be willing to go and share the gospel with my church whenever I have opportunity in addition to that. Uh, not fearing what people will think, but Lord, fearing you, trusting you to meet every need that I have in that spiritually, practically, knowing that you care more for me than the birds that you care for so perfectly. Uh, and Lord, knowing that if I don't go in obedience to you, I'm essentially denying you, not worthy of you. That's, that's tough. That's tough. Uh, Marilyn, I'm thankful that um, nobody has to be on the negative side of, of this language. We can obey. We can. Because of all things the Lord has said up to this point, you know? Uh, Jesus uses very strong language, but he's also made very strong promises in the first part uh, of this chapter. Listen, um, churches like ours are um, not going to be here 20 years from now if we don't obey this chapter. I hope everyone's paying attention. Is everyone paying attention? Is everybody paying attention? Churches like this aren't going to be here 20 years from now if we don't get serious about this chapter and the Great Commission. We're, we're just not going to exist. And so, I know there might be a temptation to say, well, I won't be here 20 years from now, so I don't care. I care, and I think you do too. I think you do too. Pastor, I'm older. It still applies, <laughs> you know? <laughs> it still applies. Um, I'm sensitive to the fact that many of our folks are older, and that's why we're trying to find ways to be obedient, even if we're less physically capable. Uh, as I've gotten a little older, Marilyn, I appreciate physical limitations just a little bit more, you know, just a little bit more. Uh, many of you know physical limitations far better than I do. Um, but it, it is a fact that if individuals, the vast majority of individuals in churches like ours, don't take chapters like this very seriously. Churches like ours will not be here in 15 or 20 years. Um, Dr. David Cloud has written a lot about that subject, and he says, I doubt very much that there'll be many uh, solid independent Baptist churches in 20 years because people don't take the Great Commission seriously, and they don't take what Christ has said, written about it in chapters like this one seriously enough. Lord, help us. Lord, help us. Lord, help us. 
Do you want this church to be here 20 years from now? Do you? Does it matter? I believe it matters. Someone else is saying, hey, I think the Lord's coming back before 20 years from now. And I say to that, amen. Right? Amen. If, 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 if the rapture is today, we're off the hook, church. Amen? <laughs> we're off the hook. Uh, but we don't know. It could be a year or 10 years or 20 years or 50 years. Or we'd be surprised if it was 50 or 100 years, but we don't know. What we do know is the Lord has given us great purpose. <laughs> it's to go out and reach people uh, and to teach them these things and uh, to not ignore these things, uh, to not ignore them. Verse 39, Jesus says this famous statement, he, he that findeth his life shall lose it. He that loses his life for my sake shall, shall find it. Someone who, who gives their life completely over to the Lord will know great blessings, uh, great blessings great blessings. Well, I'll read the last several verses. Um, the Lord closes this passage of instruction, uh, just sort of building up this idea of blessings a little bit more. He seems to be talking specifically about hospitality towards God's people. Um, and I, I think it's here that we find this because he's just emphasizing that he is a God who is able to bless the obedience of his people. Listen, can, can you point to blessings in your life this morning? Can you? Do you know a God who's been able to bless you? Yeah. Um, I think I mentioned last week there, the idea, hey, I, we wish God would bless us more. Well, we need to understand he's a God who blesses obedience. And, and Jesus here is making this very impassioned. Is it harsh? Yeah, it's harsh. You notice how Jesus preached very harshly a lot? He did, didn't he? He preached very harshly a lot because he wanted to be, he preached with authority and he wanted to make sure that he wasn't misunderstood. Praise God. Um, but we also see here that he is a God who is able to bless, to reward those that would take up a, a difficult passage like this chapter and say, you know what, Lord, I'm, I'm, I'm tired of fearing others more than you. Uh, I'm tired of not being obedient to you. I'm tired of the, all the fear. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop fearing people. I'm going to fear you. I'm going to take up your promises, and I'm going to go, and I'm going to obey you and let you bless me. And I'm going to trust that you're a God who's able to bless. And that's um, at least uh, the theme of the last three verses. We'll look at them more done. He that receiveth, he receiveth me. He that receiveth uh, him that sent me. He that receiveth a prophet in the name of a prophet, shall receive a prophet's reward. There's blessing. He that receiveth a righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall receive a righteous man's reward. There's blessing. Whosoever shall give a drink unto one of these little ones, uh, a cup of cold water, only names of a disciple, verily I say unto you, he shall no wise lose his what? What's the last word there? Reward. Now we can say a lot more about those three verses. I won't this morning. Certainly, we could say a lot more about those last three verses. I believe they're here, Marilyn, because the Lord wants to reiterate, I'm a God who rewards, I bless. If you'll take up this passage and, and, and get out there uh, and as a group, he's sending out a group and share the gospel. Uh, he's a God who is able to reward. Listen, we are not a large church. Have you noticed that? Church? We're not, have you noticed that? That's okay. 
That's okay. Uh, Jesus sent out 12 in this chapter. That's okay. Um, but if we don't get out there and win some people to Christ, we'll not be a church. We will not be a church. And that's not God's desire. Let's pray. Father, thank you this morning for... This is a hard passage, Lord, and I, I fear that I've, I've been harsh, but Lord, I understand that the reality of the situation, it's a harsh reality. Lord Jesus preached these truths very directly so that they'd be heard and understood and, and not easily skipped over. Lord, we, we preach so often that it is a, a joy and a blessing to have been commissioned by you to reach the lost. And Lord, that is true, but it is also, it is also a call that is too often ignored. Lord, we make excuses, and it's easy to do that. Lord, I pray this morning that this church, Long Hill Baptist Church, each member of this church that we would finally get serious about sharing our faith. Lord, I'm deeply burdened that this church will not exist as an independent Baptist church in 10 or 15 years or less if we disobey you in this regard. Lord, I thank you this morning that we have no excuse. You've given us your spirit to indwell us. You've made all these wonderful promises to us in your word. Lord, help us to get serious this morning about stopping the excuse making that we do. Too busy, too tired, too this, too that doesn't make sense. Lord, people are busy and they're tired and we have, all of us have limitations and constraints. We can all find a way to obey you. Father, I pray this morning that if we've been excuse makers, that includes me, that we will confess that. Lord, if we've been afraid, I pray that we would confess that, bring the fear to you, lay it at your feet and say, Lord, help me to fear you more than men, what people think. Lord, maybe some of us have gone out in our own strength, not praying and asking you to open hearts to the gospel. Help us to confess that this morning. Lord, I pray this morning that as more people get more serious about sharing our faith, that you would build up this church, that you would give it a new vitality, Lord, help it to be
prepared for the next 5, 10, 15, 20 years if you tarry. Well, I understand this passage applies to people even after the rapture. It certainly applies to us also. So I pray you help us to get serious now. Father, I pray that you show us each what to pray now. As we do business with you, I'll give you a moment to pray. Lord, I thank you this morning that when we've done business with you, confessing and repenting, Lord, joy is restored. So I pray this morning, Lord, if we've done business with you, that you would bless with joy. Lord, give us a joy at the privilege to serve you. strength and courage and boldness that can only be from you. Lord, I love you. I thank you. And I pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Zach, you come, please.